This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the October 19th, 2017 edition of On the Daily, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Heath Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at HeathK, and my co host is none other than Nick Giffen. You can find him on Twitter at Rotodoc. Nick, how's everything going? I had a, a very nice week six, and from what I've heard, you had a very nice week six as well in DFS. Yeah, it was it was okay. I mean, uh, it was my highest ROI of the year, but it wasn't anything super spectacular. Uh, I had a very nice Millionaire Maker lineup that finished inside the top 1,000 and was maybe one uh, Jameson Winston injury away from being a top you know, Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Uh, top dozen or so lineup. Um, so unfortunate about the Jameis Winston injury there. I also had another lineup which basically consisted of all my cash game plays. Well, it was my cash game lineup, but I didn't end up playing cash game. But it basically consisted of all the plays I mentioned last week on the pod. So we talked about Deshaun Watson. It would have had him. We talked about at the running back position, Jarek McKinnon and Mark Ingram. And also I had Kareem Hunt as a cash game pick on the pod last week. So those were three nice plays there. Uh, I also liked uh, the, the wide receiver I was most comfortable with in cash, which um, you know I talked about in the pod and then also tweeted about was Larry Fitzgerald. He had a very nice game. Uh, and then I would have had Rob Gronkowski. I talked about playing him in cash last week in the pod. People call me crazy uh, in general, but uh, I liked Rob, and, Rob Gronkowski in cash, and he would have been a very nice play. So all the plays and then the Saints defense, which was your call last week, I did would have ended up going with them in cash. I had this lineup built. So the other two spots is what made me pretty uncomfortable uh, in terms of playing a cash game lineup. And that was uh, the last two spots were two wide receiver positions there. I would have put in Deshaun Jackson and John Brown, who both had decent games, a 15.3-point game for John Brown. Deshaun Jackson didn't have a huge game by any means, especially for being fifty-nine or sorry, $5,800, but he did put up 12.8. So overall, that lineup would have put up 218.4 DraftKings points but I didn't play it in cash. And because I didn't play it in cash, I didn't throw it into any GPPs, which is uh, quite the bummer. It would have taken down a lot of the higher stakes GPPs and uh, would have finished in the top 30 in the Millionaire Makers. So lesson learned, even though I didn't feel comfortable with it in cash, uh, Deshaun Jackson and John Brown were still pretty good GPP plays. 
And, you know, all the other seven spots I felt pretty good about, especially well, six other spots. You know, the Saints I felt were more like a GPP play as well. But uh, so I felt pretty good about like two thirds or, or even more of the lineup. And I should have played it in cash. I should have played it in GPP. I would have had a huge week, probably, uh, a, you know, a, a six figure, low six figure week, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000. We would have calculated in the tournaments I would have entered it in. But that's how it goes. Um, you know, you can't win them all and you kind of make some mistakes. And I definitely made a big costly mistake this past weekend, not playing my cash game lineup just because I didn't feel good about two or three spots in that lineup. Yeah. Oh, well, we had a lot of those plays that were on the pod that week. So class F full, maybe one of the listeners out there was able to take down some of the tournaments we were not able to. So. Yeah, hopefully. And then uh, that JHI call, I have to, uh, you know, it wasn't that great in terms of he only got 16 DraftKings points. But, man, if he had just gotten a touchdown or caught a couple of those targets, he could right. have had a big week, big week as well. And the Dolphins, they did win outright, which was, uh, you know, my, my bet call there on the pod last week that we saved all the way for the end. I was I was definitely proud of that one. Just, just a real fist pump right there with the Dolphins win, right? Just a yeah. real fist pump. All right, right, but that was last week. Let's move on to this week, Nick. But before we do, I want to remind everyone, you can get a listener's only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports the pod. So, all right, let's break into some cash game plays to begin the pod, Nick. Let's start out at the running back position uh, there are a lot of names down here on my list. Some of them GPP. Some of them I, I think are quite worthy of cash games this week. Um, who are some guys that you're looking at to uh, really get those safe plays in to uh, really solidify that, that cash game lineup for you? Yeah, I'm I'm going right back to the marking room well. I think at this point with Adrian Peterson you know, out of the, the picture there, Mark Ingram just getting a ton of touches. He had 30 opportun- excuse me, 30 opportunities this past weekend, and prior to that he had 22, 18. It had increased every week. I don't necessarily think uh, he'll get 30 this week, but even if he gets 20-plus opportunities, uh, the matchup against Green Bay is good enough that he'll be able to do enough, and his price tag is still low enough where it's $6,700 on DraftKings that uh, I think he's pretty worthwhile to play in cash games this week. Um, then I like paying up at, at running back. I think it's interesting because I think you could go multiple ways at the running back position this week. I literally think all of Le'Veon, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, and uh, Melvin Gordon are in play. I like LeSean McCoy, but I think he's more of a GPP play. But I think those five guys that I named, Bell, Elliott, Fournette, Gurley, and Gordon are all in play for cash games. And uh, one of the things I've been trying to do this week is use the Rotoviz Gillespie app, which is uh, our game level similarity projection app, and it basically is some sim scores. And I think it's kind of got me leaning towards Melvin Gordon, even though the matchup doesn't look fantastic with Denver on paper. Just the fact that Melvin Gordon has such a high floor. He's involved in all facets of the game. He gets basically all the goal line work. He gets plenty of targets. Um, and again, it's the Denver Broncos the first game this year. He put up 18.9 DraftKings points. So, you know, if he, if he puts up somewhere in that neighborhood, 18, 19, this time he's at home. Uh, I think he's going to be a very good cash game play and he's $2,000 cheaper than Zeke. He's $2,100 cheaper than Le'Veon Bell, $1,600 cheaper than Fournette and $1,200 cheaper than Gurley. And I think he has a very similar floor, medium and, uh, maybe a slightly lower ceiling, but I think, um, in terms of cash games, I like, Saving that two thousand dollars, if you know, relative to somebody like 
Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott. And I, I do think team jam them in, you know, with Zeke and Bell is possible on DraftKings this week. I think both of them have very nice, uh, situations. Le'Veon Bell just not priced high enough at $9,100. He came down in price even from last week. Uh, and then Ezekiel Elliott just has a very nice matchup against San Francisco. The one thing I will say is, San Francisco has allowed a lot of those running back points through the air. And it's not that Zeke doesn't get uh, usage, you know, in the passing game, but certainly it's not as much as somebody like Le'Veon Bell or even possibly uh, a LaShawn McCoy um, or, or a, a Melvin Gordon. So, uh, you know, I think there's there's arguments to be made for all five of those guys in the expensive range, but I kind of like using Melvin Gordon for a little bit of price savings. I think it also might end up being a little contrarian. It also might end up being a little risky, which is why I think uh, – you know, because of the Denver matchup, I think people will stay away from it. But I don't think it's as risky as it seems. He's got a very high floor, according to our Gillespie app. And also, if you go over to our friends at Fantasy Labs, they also project him with the highest floor on the slate at 11.2 points on DraftKings. So I think Melvin Gordon is a pretty interesting cash game play. That's really interesting. I, I, I guess I wasn't considering Gordon, but the play definitely makes sense. I mean, the touch floor is just... It's probably at the highest in the league right now. I, I don't think there's a running back that you can really that really rivals him at this moment. Just given how the Chargers are really using him and using all facets of the game. I mean, they're using him like strictly at the you know he's the he is the goal line option. Um, whether it be you know running between the tackles, throwing passes to him, he is getting so many looks in the red zone that yeah, I agree with you. I think he he's just fine. I I think I'm gonna press you on the Lashawn McCoy thing though. I think Lashawn McCoy may be cash viable. Um, you know McCoy, it's because he, he's in a week to where I don't believe Jordan Matthews is going to be back. Um, so this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, like we mentioned last week, is pretty funnel. So we don't expect McCoy to really do all that well uh, between the tackles, even though Tampa Bay hasn't been shut down by any means um, against opposing running backs on the ground. But um, he has been the number one guy in targets for the Buffalo Bills when Matthews is out. Um, and, and just the amount of usage he should see in a home game to where um, I think they are going to, you know, have a pretty easy day with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that's just reeling in all facets of uh of the game, offense, defense, special teams, pretty much everything. So I think with the Bills controlling that game and LeSean McCoy getting a, a decent discount, like you mentioned, off of the the higher end guys, Fournette, Le'Veon Bell, I think he he's a, a just a fine play at cash games as well as GPP. So I, I think I'm gonna have him in both. And then just one more I think I'd throw out there is I think Jerick McKinnon, even though his price is elevated um, against the Baltimore Ravens, who are really have kind of devolved into this team that has been giving up a lot of points on the ground. um, I I understand Latavius Murray is there, but really the the, the touch disparity has really gone heavily in favor of Jerick McKinnon. And he's just showing just how dynamic of a player he is. Um, and, And with, you know, Sam, or, excuse me, not Sam Bradford, Case Keenum still on the field. I know that they're at least going to try to rely on their running backs as much as possible. And just with how well he's playing, I think, you know, the kind of getting that mid-range discount right there, not having to pay the the high price, or if you want to play three running backs on DraftKings, I think he makes it a fine option as well. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, I just think you're only paying $400 more for Mark Ingram and only $700 more for, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon right there. So it's not that much of a... Of a price discount relative to at least relative to at least those two, um, but I, I definitely understand the play. I will say with um, McCoy, make sure you keep an eye on the status of Jordan Matthews because he was cleared to practice, and it sounds like he might play this week. So um, if there are some targets that go Jordan Matthews' way, that could 
uh, you know, get, uh, not go towards LaShawn McCoy, that does definitely lower McCoy's floor a little bit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If Matthews does play, um, you might want to knock down McCoy, even just kind of like a, just a slight knock. Maybe, you know, only play him in GPPs. All right, let's move on to the next position, Nick, the wide receiver position. I am finding so, so much value at the position this week, Nick. Who are the guys that you are looking at as probably the most favorable for your for your cash game lineups this week? Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of value. Um, I just don't know how how comfortable I feel with all the value, but I do think it makes sense to, to go value at wide receiver given there are some plenty of running back options, you know, above 6,000 and, and even above seven, eight, nine thousand, uh, this week that are cash game viable. The first guy I'm looking at is Richard Matthews. I think that matchup with Cleveland is very good. I think he has a, a pretty high floor just based off of the fact that he should see, you know, if not the most targets, maybe the second most targets on the team behind Delaney Walker. I know Eric Decker had a lot of targets. Uh, I guess we do need to keep an eye on the fact with, um, you know, with Eric Decker, or sorry, with, with Richard Matthews, whether he gets shadowed by Jason McCourty or not, that would downgrade him a little bit. But uh, I'm not positive that McCourty will actually shadow Richard Matthews. I know Pro Football Focus right now has it listed that way. But I'm not positive. And, um, you know, Richard Matthews does tend to line up on the right uh, a plurality of the time. And Cleveland has been worse uh, facing the right side, you know, pass, passes towards the right. But that's because Jamar Taylor, for the most part, has been lining up on the left uh, and so that's what makes me wonder if Jason McCourty actually will shadow Richard Matthews or not. So um, a little bit of a, a situation to keep an eye on there. It, I don't know what the game plan will be, and I don't know if we'll get any clarity. But I do like Richard Matthews just from the value, just from the matchup standpoint. Overall, you can move the ball on Cleveland, and uh, uh, I think he, you know, the price is right there for him. Uh, Demarius Thomas with uh, with Emmanuel Sanders out, I think, will just get a ton of targets. Uh, we saw last week. You know, uh, Emmanuel Sanders left in the middle of the third quarter. Demarius ended up with the most targets he's had all year. Part of that was playing from behind, but also part of it was the fact that Manny was out. 14 targets, 10 receptions, 133 yards against the New York Giants, who actually are a pretty stout matchup. So I'm not worried about the matchup with Denver. He'll get plenty of volume, and he's only $5,800, which, again, is on the cheap side for Demarius Thomas. We talked about it earlier in the year, how $5,800 or $5,900, I should say, when uh, – when they faced Buffalo and Dallas was the lowest he had been in a long time. Well, now $5,800 is actually the cheapest he's been in in a couple of years. So I think you're getting plenty of value with Demarius Thomas, plenty of volume as well. So you got two plays right here that I've mentioned that are under $6,000. Another one I think is interesting will be Marquise Lee if he's healthy. You have to keep an eye on his health status. If he's out, then also Alan Hearns becomes an interesting play, uh, who would be the, you know the number one there for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I do think this will be end up being a ground game. Obviously, Leonard Fournette uh, has been very strong, and, and, and the, the Jaguars themselves give up a lot of ground, but on the ground, I should say. But you got a couple wide receivers here down in the four thousand dollar range. Uh, I think their you know their median projection is probably around ten, twelve points, something like that. And if Marquise Lee is out, I think Alan Hearns becomes a, a, an interesting cash game play. Uh, you know, I think Robert Woods is in play given the fact that. Uh, Peterson should shadow Sammy Watkins, and he's also $4,000. There's plenty of value, but I don't feel like slam dunk about any of these plays in the $4,000 range. Uh, If you want to pay up, I certainly think um, Antonio Brown is in play. Uh, Obviously, the matchup with Cincinnati 
isn't the best, um, but, you know, he is Antonio Brown and he's almost matchup proof. Um, and then just as well on the expensive side, there's always guys like uh, Larry Fitzgerald who just get a ton of targets. Michael Thomas has a great matchup against Green Bay. So there are other guys that are cash game viable, but I do like paying up at running back this week. So I'm less focused on the expensive side at the wide receiver position. Yeah, even on the expensive side, I, I think it's fair to throw Denson given the target volume and just um, the, the matchup he's going to see against two poor corners in San Francisco. Um, I, I think he, he, he's right there with those other definitely. guys. Yeah, yeah um, I definitely would put Des in there. Yeah, and then, and then even on the other side, Pierre Garçon. Um, you know, on DraftKings, 5,800 in a matchup to where I think they're going to have to be throwing a lot, try to keep up, and he has just been seeing a litany of targets lately. So I, I, with a poor Dallas secondary to take advantage of, um, and a new quarterback in C.J. Beathard that may kind of give a jolt to this offense, I, I think he's cash game viable as well. Um, and I guess one question I, I will ask you here is, uh, if Jordan Matthews doesn't play, we're, we're talking real uh, bottom of the barrel here, Zay Jones at 3600 I know it's crazy. Do you think he's cash game viable, or is he a strict GPP play with the expected volume? Um, I think he's probably more of a, a GPP play, but... You could also say the same about like Benny Fowler at 3,300 with Emmanuel Sanders out and, you know, Demarius Thomas probably drawing a lot of the focus. Those two guys, I think, are both GPP viable. Zay, especially if Jordan Matthews is out. Uh, and Benny Fowler is just GPP viable at $3,300. We've seen he can score touchdowns. He did score, I think it was two against Denver. So, um, you know, or sorry, against San Diego. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely think there's, there's options here in the super cheap range. I just don't like, it's really hard for me to trust guys down in the $3,000 range that haven't had huge floors already this year. Um, not, not even huge, but like decent floors. I do think Zay Jones is interesting though. Uh, six targets, four targets. Then he had a game of two, then five and six. So uh, his efficiency has just been incredibly, incredibly bad. Only five receptions on 23 targets. You really want to see a lot better than that. Um, you know, even if he gets target volume, you really can't count on the efficiency being there for Zay Jones, given what we've seen so far this year. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. Another position I'm finding a lot of value with a couple of plays that I think are just kind of cat, you know, stone locks if you do want to pay up this week at the quarterback position. So, so who are you guys? Who are some guys that you're looking at this week at the quarterback position in Cash Nick? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you have to consider Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he's $5,100. He gets a very plus matchup against Tampa Bay. He's always got a, a bit of a floor with his legs, although it hasn't been as much as in years past. Uh, if you look at, like, for example, his rushing statistics this year, uh, he, he's had eight attempts in each of the first three games, seven in the next game, then only one last week. And, and even in the last three games where he had the eight and the seven, he only put up 13 and 12 yards with eight and seven rushing attempts. So his floor is a lot lower than it's been in years past in terms of rushing attempts. Um, so I think he is, he's kind of an interesting GPP fade, but I think you can definitely play him in cash games. I do, again, like paying down at the quarterback position, $5,100 for, for Tyrod Taylor. He just hasn't shown a ton of upside. And, and the other thing that concerns me is, is his, you know, if you look at the Gillespie app, the, the road of his Gillespie app, and you just set the settings to, uh, what the teams have done this year. So Tampa Bay has played five games this year. So if you set the defensive slider on the, on the Gillespie app to five games and you set the offensive slider to five games because Buffalo also had their bye week and just look at this year's stats, 
uh, Tyrod Taylor has a very narrow range of outcomes. It's something like 13 to 19 points or something like that. So I don't, I don't think he has huge upside, but I think in terms of cash games, if you get 17, 19 points from a $5,100 quarterback, you're going to be okay. I don't think you'll be necessarily in great shape, but you'll, you'll definitely be okay. Uh, you know, I think the quarterback position is interesting this week because I think there's there's plenty of viable plays, but I don't know if any of them are necessarily slam dunk cash game plays. I think Dak you probably don't want to pay $7,300 for on DraftKings. Um, I think Marcus Mariota, $6,900 is a very nice price tag, and the Gillespie app likes him as well if you go back into last year. But this year, again, he hasn't shown a huge ceiling. He, he was on pace for a big ceiling um, against uh, – what was it against the Houston Texans? He had two rushing touchdowns, had been poor through the air, but then pulled his hamstring. Um, he put up, you know, 17.7 points in something like a half or, or a little over a half. So I think Mariota is, is cash game viable, but, you know, I think Drew Brees is cash game viable in a nice matchup. I just don't like the price tag again, $7,600. And there is a chance that, you know, with a rookie and Brett Hundley there, that the Saints talented, you know, actually have to say the Saints do have a, a kind of talented defense. Uh, they're not like a, you know, a, a league winning defense, I don't think, in terms or top echelon defense, I would say. But I do think they're a good defense. I think they could force Brett Henley into some mistakes, especially given how bad the, the Green Bay offensive line has been in terms of allowing sacks. So that might make it more of a blowout than we think it could be. Uh, which, you know, in that case, I, I like to lean more towards Mark Ingram uh, or maybe Alvin Kamara in some junk time, rushing attempts, things like that, than Drew Brees. So cash game's pretty tough. Uh, you know, Blake Bortles at 4,700, I think he's more tempting in GPP. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with this cash game slate. It, it, I, don't, I don't love it. Um, I don't love the quarterback position, but I think Tyrod Taylor is probably the cash game play you want to use. Yeah, I agree with that. And then if you have the room, the salary room, to move up to Mariota at 6900 he feels like the safest play to me. I, I understand that he has been struggling, but um, and, and there is the chance that for whatever reason, Tennessee just pulls the ball down and tries to run it 40 times, but I, I just highly doubt it. I, I think the floor is just good enough for him you know, in that game against Cleveland to where um, you know, it, it, he should at least pay you off 3x. Um, two names I, I hear you didn't mention, and, and I want to get your opinion on. So Jared Goff, 5,800, at home taking on the Arizona Cardinals, another one of those you know classic funnel-type defenses to where I don't think Gurley is going to find a lot of success on the ground, but I definitely think he can find success through the air along with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, especially if Patrick Peterson doesn't play. And then on well, one more on top of that, an even cheaper option. C.J. Beathard at 4,900. He looked pretty good last week against your Washington Redskins, a very, very difficult secondary in their own right. And now he gets a much softer matchup at home against a Dallas Cowboys secondary that um, I understand that people think that, um, uh, you know, a team coming off a bye week has an extra week to prepare for said team. But I don't know if the numbers bear out that. They always, you know, team seem to outperform their expectations. So I think in this spot, CJ Beathard at 4,900 could be a, a decent option, um, really just to kind of, you know, return that, that base value against a, a weak secondary. What, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Yeah, I will say, you know, the Redskins last week were missing Josh Norman, which uh, yep. definitely dampens their outlook on uh, in, you know, in the secondary. But there's no doubt the Redskins have been better this year. But uh, missing Josh Norman is always a big piece to miss. I think both of these guys are GPP plays. I don't think they're cash game plays. Um, Jared Goff, I like him a lot this week in GPP. 
And uh, so, you know, when we get to the contrarian corner section. He was definitely a pick of mine. Um, and I'm totally with you there on, on, on golf, but I don't think it's a cash game play at $5,800 when you've got Brett Hundley at 5100 You got Tyrod Taylor at 5100 We didn't even mention Hundley, but I think he's, again, uh, maybe a, a guy you want to play in GPP if his ownership's going to be down. I'm not so sure it will, but uh, Hundley, I think, you know, he does have some floor against the New Orleans Saints. They're, they're, they're a team that will score a lot of points, so it does mean Hundley will probably need to throw a lot to keep Green Bay, excuse me, to keep Green Bay in this game if at all possible. But, uh, yeah, and then, and Bathard, I think, I think, you know, if, if San Francisco does play from behind, uh, then, then he's in play as well against Dallas. I do think Dallas is a, a worse secondary versus the quarterback than the Washington Redskins, and he's 4,900. So I'd probably strike off Jared Goff. Probably strike off Hunley relative to Tyrod Taylor, uh, even though they're both 5,100, even though I don't, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think you have to strike off Hunley relative to Tyrod, but, uh, Bethard, I think, is in play as well. But Goff, I think, is mostly just a GPP play at 5,800. All right, great stuff, Nick. All right, let's move on to the tight end position, a position that we had a lot of success with. I, I guess it's kind of, it's easy to have success when you play Gronk and Gronk does Gronk things, but, there are some really nice plays this week um, with some well-known names and some really nice spots. So, uh, yeah, who are the guys at tight end that you're looking at this week in your cash game lineups? Yeah, there's there. you're right. There are plenty of plays. I know a lot of people will be on Evan Ingram uh, given his volume against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, Seattle themselves actually allowed a lot of volume to the tight end position. Uh, they're they're good at covering the tight end position. Uh, if you look at, for example, DVOA, Football Outsiders DVOA metric, they're eighth in DVOA. But really, they they've allowed approximately eight targets per game to the tight end position and 60 yards per game. So that's you know, uh, if you were to say maybe five or six catches, uh, something like that, plus those 60 yards, that's 11 fantasy points. Plus Ingram has some touchdown equity there as well. Probably his median projections in the 11 to 12 point range. So that's not a bad outcome for a guy who's $4,400 on DraftKings. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of like Delaney. I like do kind of like paying up Delaney Walker, $5,800. He's a guy who just sees a ton of targets. And that's why I think I mentioned Rashard Matthews earlier. He might be the second leading in targets. I think Delaney Walker could lead the team in targets this weekend, given the matchup. Uh, you know, he's got nine four, six, seven, five, and eight targets, which is uh, quite a healthy number for a tight end. It's actually funny. If you order him, it's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in each game uh, from lowest to most. So he's averaging six and a half targets per game. I think this is a game where you get seven or eight targets uh, in a very, very, very plus matchup. $5,800 I know is is paying up, but I think he's probably going to be worth it. Um then there's, you know, there's a couple other names I think you could definitely entertain. You can entertain Zach Miller down at $3,200, but I think you're really banking on a touchdown there with Zach Miller because he doesn't have a ton of volume. Um, if you look at just uh, his target number, 6-9, but then the most recent games, 3-2-7-3. So you don't like that 3-2-7-3 in the most recent four games. And we've also seen Deion Sims and even occasionally Adam Sheehan get involved. So... Uh, I think I'm a little less comfortable with Zach Miller there. Finally, I think uh, Kyle Rudolph, if Stephon Diggs is out, will be in play again. He has had nine targets each of the last two weeks. Um, and so, you know, I definitely think Kyle Rudolph is in play in another good matchup against Baltimore, who struggled against the tight end position this year. So that's where I'm looking at for cash games. I know there's plenty of other plays, uh, a lot of value. Uh, so I'm curious if you have any other names on your list for cash. 
for cash, no. You you pretty much hit a you know hit a really on the head with those three names that I'm I'm looking at. Delaney Walker in particular, I think even at 5800, I I think he's the highest price tight end on DraftKings. It still doesn't matter. He's just in such a smash spot. He's probably going to end up being the guy I go with. I will consider. Uh, Kyle Rudolph with a significant savings and a really nice play in his own right against the Ravens at 3,800 on DraftKings. I think that's fine. Um, Evan Ingram, I, I'm looking at, I, I haven't really quite come around to think he, he's cash game viable, but he's pretty close. Um, and there's some other names that I'm looking at, like ASJ, Jimmy Graham, Hunter Henry. I think they're much more tournament viable, and you know we'll kind of cover those when we get to the, the tournament play section of the show. But yeah, I think... If you just want to, you know, play it safe, just just stick with Delaney Walker and you should be good. Yeah, I mean, if Sterling Shepard's out, who else are the Giants going to throw to? Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Very true as well. You know, Ingram had eight targets this past game and uh, caught five of them. That that certainly will, if he gets a touchdown, you know, that that's, that, and there is some touchdown equity there for Evan Ingram. Um, you know, I think I think he's he's got some cash game potential, but I think, you know, most people have pretty low floors this week. I do think Delaney Walker has the highest floor this week. Uh, and if Diggs is out, then I think Kyle Rudolph is is also an interesting floor. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick, the contrarian corner. So some of your top contrarian plays at any position, Nick, where are you looking to, to leverage or pivot off of the field to really kind of move yourself up the leaderboards in GPPs this week? Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely think you have to start with Jared Goff, which we talked about earlier. I think that's a, you mentioned Arizona's a funnel defense, uh, and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick moved the ball against Arizona. I know, I know, um, you know, Jameis Winston struggled early on, and then he got that shoulder injury, but Ryan Fitzpatrick did end up moving the ball, uh, and Arizona just in general has been a funnel defense, and so, if you want to go contrarian, I don't mind Cooper Cup at all. I certainly don't mind Robert Woods, both of those, but, I think you could also play Sammy Watkins if Patrick Peterson will be out. I mean, then I think Sammy Watkins probably won't get, um, you know, a ton of, ton of play there, even if Patrick Peterson's out. I'm not sure how much that would change his, his ownership percentage, but just something to keep an eye on. Sammy Watkins only $4,400. We know what kind of a, a ceiling he has, what kind of upside he has. We saw it earlier this year in that game against, was it San Francisco, where he put up 31 point six DraftKings points, you know, two touchdown upside, big play potential in Sammy Watkins, especially if Patrick Peterson's out. And, uh, you know, I think he's he's a very nice contrarian play. Um, I, I think Eric Decker certainly in play. In, 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 I don't know how contrarian he'll be because I do think people will see, at least on pro football focus, that, uh, you know, Rashard Matthews is intended to be shadowed by Jason McCourty there. But Eric Decker would be a very, very strong play given that he plays – uh, over 70% of his snaps on the outsides, which is where Jamar Taylor would, would line up against him. And Jamar Taylor has just been abysmal this year. Um, absolutely, completely abysmal this year. So I think Eric Decker, a very nice GPP play. Uh, if you want to go to the tight end position, I think there's some interesting GPP plays as well. We, we talked about, you know, how there's some pretty low floors, but, uh, you know, I think, um, Tyler Croft, very interesting, $3,000 against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh isn't a great matchup, but Tyler Croft has gotten a lot of targets with uh, Tyler Eifert out, you know, five and seven targets each of the past two games. He's been pretty efficient with them. You know, he's caught out of those 12 targets, he's caught 10 of them for two touchdowns. So there's some upside there at $3,000. And uh, then I also think, you know, at the tight end position, um, if you want to go with a guy like, you know, Jack Doyle certainly in play against uh, Jacksonville. 
Jacksonville has very good corners, and you know I think the the position they allow the most to in terms of efficiency is that tight end position, just because they're so good on the outsides. But uh, you know even then um, they're they're pretty good against the tight end position. But I think if Jacoby Brissett's got to throw it to somebody. Might be Jack Doyle, and he's still only priced at $3,400 when he's healthy. The dude just is a target hog. 11 targets, you know, seven and seven and eight in, in four of the past five games. So, sorry, 11, seven, eight out of, in three of the past four games. So, uh, you know, I definitely think Jack Doyle is in play for a GPP type play. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, play him in cash games by any means, but I definitely think he's in play. If you want to, if you want to contrarian play at the running back position, I, I don't know how contrarian is, but I do like, as we talked about, LaShawn McCoy and GPPs. I think he's a very fine GPP play. And then I also like Carlos Hyde. Dallas hasn't been super fantastic against the run, and I do think Carlos Hyde will get the bulk of the work there. Um, you can you can move the ball on Dallas on the ground. You know, Dallas has has actually allowed a pretty ch- a decent chunk of change there on the ground, 4.6 yards per carry and 118 yards per game on the ground. Then you add in the fact that they're not the best. They're actually dead last in DVOA against the running back position through the air. And Carlos Hyde has had some work through the air on the ground. Uh, I think, you know, Carlos Hyde, uh, def- or sorry, through the air, Carlos Hyde's had six targets in one, two, three, four of his six games this year. I, you know, I definitely think there's a lot of potential for Carlos Hyde to have a big game in GPPs. Yeah, I, I love pretty much all those plays. I, I think I have the vast majority of them written down as well. So, so, so we don't bore our listeners. I'm gonna just kind of expand on some names I, I did not hear you throw out there. So, uh, first up, Marlon Mack at 4100 with Robert Turbin going down with that that you know really unfortunate injury. That's gonna open up some opportunities for Marlon Mack to get involved in the passing game as well as I think he can get some involvement in the running game as well with the Colts at home and how these divisional games can sometimes get weird. I could certainly see Marlon Mack against a weak run defense really just tearing off, you know, ripping off a good day against a Jaguars team that really has to have a static game script for them to succeed. If they don't really, you know, hit the hit the ground running with you know, Leonard Fournette and, you know, just kind of build the lead early, they, they seem to really kind of fall apart. So um, I think Indianapolis, if their running game gets going early, they can't control that one. And hopefully Blake Bortles kind of plays into their hands. Um, another one, CJ Anderson against the, the Chargers. The Chargers have actually held up quite well against opposing quarterbacks, opposing passing games, but they haven't been all that great against the running game. And I know C.J. Anderson has been splitting touches with Jamal Charles, but we have seen him previously this season really you know, get, take one of those days um, and just kind of get a ton of carries. And especially with Trevor Simeon hobbled, if this Broncos team in which... I know they're playing in you know Los Angeles, but if it's anything like Qualcomm, it's probably going to be a home game for these Denver Broncos. I could definitely see them you know really taking control of this game. In writing C.J. Anderson, um, you, you know even though he's at like a little elevator of a price tag, um, and just kind of writing him, and I think he's got two, maybe even three touchdown upside. Um, um, yeah, CJ CJ worries me, man. Um, Devontae Booker's taken all the receiving targets now as well. CJ Anderson had zero targets against the Giants. Uh, he's never been a big target guy this year anyway. And, you know, he could lose some carries to, to Jamal Charles. He might lose a couple carries to Devontae Booker. And I think his touchdown upside is probably capped relative to where it was earlier in the year when Booker wasn't in the picture. 
But, um, you know, the Chargers are a very, very, very good matchup. They're one of the worst, if not the worst, team on the ground to the running back position. So I see the upside there. I definitely think there's one to two touchdown upside and, and maybe a 100 yard. But I, I think the fact that the receiving game really cap is capped for him. Uh, you know, the, the big game he blew up this year for 33 points against the Dallas Cowboys, he had 12 fantasy points through the air. I don't think he's got 12 fantasy point upside through the air this time. Um, you know, I still think he has a hundred yard, two touchdown upside on the ground. And, and it's, it's definitely there. I just don't know what the, the probability of that is, but, uh, given that elevated price tag, I like it a lot more when he was, you know, $4,600 versus the Chargers earlier this year or, or $5,800 or, or $4,700 when he blew up against the Cowboys than when he's $7,200 and more expensive than Melvin Gordon and, and right in the same price range as, as LaShawn McCoy on DraftKings. Great point. Great point. Um, yeah, m- moving on from that one. So, uh, another name I, I think it might go overlooked because of, you know, the big red numbers next to some guys' names that a lot of people just, you know, tend to kind of look past when they see. Um, A.J. Green against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I know I understand that Pittsburgh Steelers' defense has really significantly picked up, at least how we perceive them to have picked up. But A.J. Green, in his last, I believe it's... Um, his last eight games against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's averaged 14 targets a game. 14 targets. And at a at a point to where this week, I think a lot of the value is, or at least a lot of the perceived value, is going to be at the high-end running back position. If you start your lineup with one of these super expensive wide receivers, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, and really just start from there, I think that's going to lead you down a pretty novel lineup to where you're really going to be, you know, very differentiated from the field. To I, I think you can, you know, score a big win off of that. As um, someone who's just seeing that many targets, um, if it just happens to break his way, AJ Green could be in for just a, a massive day. Um, and, and really, just another wide receiver I want to throw out really quickly. You you mentioned him last week, uh, Nick John Brown. 4,900 on DraftKings in a matchup against the Rams. He's really, in the last two weeks, kind of separated himself from J.J. Nelson and Jerron Brown. Um, and if he, this turns out into, or it ends up in being one of these shootouts, as both of these secondaries are, are quite vulnerable. Um, if he has one of those days, one of those two touchdown days, and gets you know, one of the, one or two of those deep passes that he's done so well with in the past, I think he could be a fine play as well. And then just maybe a couple names at tight end. Um, ASJ for 5,000 against a, a Dolphins team that has struggled against tight ends. I think he's fine as well. And also Jimmy Graham, um, you know, against the, the, the New York Giants who have just been weak against the tight ends for I, I don't know how long. I understand that he has kind of struggled this year, but he's still, you know, kind of up there with Doug Baldwin in terms of targets over the last couple of weeks. And I think it's just a, a breakout week waiting to happen for him. There you go. Good calls. I like them all. All right, perfect. Let's move on to the next segment, Nick. But before we do, I have a message from our friends over at Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. There's no better time than now to try out the new app, Draft. It's one-week fantasy football with no management. Just set it and forget it. When you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can hop into one right now. Play for cash at any level of your choosing. They start from as low as $1, no salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft just like you play with your friends in your season-long leagues. Come join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. 
For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code RVRADIO. That's right, play a real money game for free. Just using our promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit on draft. Just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com and play free with us with promo code RVRADIO. All right, Nick. I am back on the scoreboard. Finally, I, I was able to take down last week. 95.88 to 67.54. The Melvin Gordon call was the one that really put me over the top there. Um, but yeah, it is a new week. It is a new week here. Um, and it looks like uh, I am going first here. So to start this all off, I think I'm going to start off with a... I'm going to go with a running back here. Um, and just to kind of play it safe... You know, he, he's been very consistent every week. I think I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette. Interesting. Well, I'm going to uh, go ahead and grab both Ezekiel Elliott and Le'Veon Bell. I think they have very nice situations this week. And, um, you know, I, I just want those I just want those guaranteed running points. I know Le'Veon Bell uh, will, will move the ball on the ground. He'll move the ball through the air. He's looked amazing recently. And Ezekiel Elliott has just a fantastic matchup. So, I definitely want to grab those running backs before you grab them. That's a, that's a great play. That is a great play. Um, so it looks like I'm probably going to have to take someone from one of those games as well. So I think I'm going to go wide receiver next. I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. And then next, I think I'm going to go with a guy who is in a, a pretty favorable matchup if he can just get the volume and Des Bryant. Yeah, I thought you might do that. Uh, well, I guess since you don't need any more wide receivers or anything like that, I will try to block you at quarterback. Um, and I think there's there's nobody who has a higher projection this week than Drew Brees. Uh, decent matchup against Green Bay. You know, should be a good situation. Uh, I do wonder a little bit if his ceiling is capped because it's a it's a very good situation. But if they if they move the ball and score some points, a lot of it will come through Drew Brees. So he's my pick. Then I have to go between the the wide receiver and the tight end position here, and I actually think I'm going to go a little a little bit of a surprise. I am going to go with Delaney Walker. I love this upside. I love the matchup. I love the volume that he should get. So instead of taking a wide receiver, I'm going to take Delaney Walker. I like that. I like that a lot. That's that's a fantastic pick. All right, so it looks like I gotta I gotta round it out here. So I'm going to go with my next pick of Lashawn McCoy. And uh, it looks like I got to grab a quarterback here since you took, I think, the best play on the board. I'm just going to go with the safe guy here uh, and Marcus Mariota. Yep, I think Mariota's probably the, the number two call there for me as well. So, you know, you took Antonio Brown, you took Des Bryant. There's a lot of names still available to me AJ Green, Mike Evans, Fitz, Thomas, etc. Uh, plenty of names. I think I am actually going to go with Michael Thomas to stack him with Drew Brees. So that's going to be my play there. Nice. Nice. All right. Let's see who who wins next week. Hopefully I can really keep this momentum going here to, to even out the score for the season. But let's move on to the next segment. Defenses this week, Nick. Um, I think we, we hit on some really good ones last week. Um, New Orleans Saints, I think, was... The, the, the pretty big call there. I don't know. If, did you have any Texans? Because I, I had a good bit of the uh, Houston Texans as well. Yeah, I had some Texans. I didn't have a ton. Uh, I was wondering if Hogan 
would actually turn the ball over less than Deshaun Kaiser, but clearly that was not the case. So I, I tried to go a little contrarian there, figuring I knew everybody was going to be on Deshaun Watson and on the the Texans defense, and and you know the Texans were going to be such a, a a chalky play across the board at wide receiver and everything that I figured, what if there's a chance that you know the Browns just Kevin Hogan can kind of just move the ball and bleed some clock and uh, uh, you know even force a turnover off of Deshaun of off of uh, Deshaun Watson himself there. So in cash, like I said, I liked them. I had Deshaun Watson in cash, uh, but uh, I didn't use a lot of the Texans last week in in GPPs. And obviously, like I said, I would use the Saints in cash as well, even though I didn't play cash. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, now we're off of next week. We got to look forward to this week, Nick. So who are some defenses you that you find yourself really liking for either cash or GPPs this week? Yeah, I think there's a very interesting defensive play that probably very few people will be on. And by very few, I mean like very few. And that's the Chicago Bears defense. I think this is a GPP play only, obviously. But what I think is going to happen here is I think they're kind of just committed to running the ball. We saw their run split ratio last week was something like 40-something runs to only 17 or, or fewer passes. I can't remember the exact numbers there. But I think that you could see a similar approach against Carolina. Carolina themselves can run the ball a lot with, uh, you know, McCaffrey, with with Stewart, even Cam Newton. So I think this could be a pretty run-heavy game. Both of these teams have low totals. And Cam Newton has been prone to make a mistake or two with his arms. So you never know if Chicago will pop in a, a defensive touchdown. We've seen them put up double-digit points already on defense twice this year. And they're only $2,200. So... Uh, you know, if somehow Chicago were to get a touchdown and maybe hold the Bears to, if, uh, not the Bears, the Panthers to uh, 17, 20 points, 21 points, something like that. Yeah, that won't be great on the point side, but if you get that touchdown, you get a couple sacks in there and, and a turnover or two, which certainly the Bears have some upside for, I like them as a GPP play. Don't go crazy. You know, this is a 5, 10% play tops, but I think they're going to be less than 1% owned. Um, Couple other, you know, I think pretty strong defensive plays. I think Jacksonville is very obvious defensive play. Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett is definitely not a world beater with his arm or anything like that. And Jacksonville, very strong pass defense. So, you know, Indy is going to have to try to run the ball. Frank Gore, not the best at, at running the ball in terms of upside and being explosive. I know Marlon Mack, and I definitely agree with Marlon Mack as a GPP play, but, uh, I think Jacksonville, very safe defensive play this week. Uh, Heath, I'm curious who you got. I, I named kind of a safe play there and I named kind of a wild contrarian play, but I wonder if you have any, any less crazy contrarian plays there. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think it's going to start with me going back to the well on, on the Saints defense. I, I know they're on the road. Um, and I know that, you know, people are kind of looking like, um, looking at them as like a, you know, flash in the pan kind of thing, but that, that New Orleans defensive line is no joke. And the Green Bay Packers offensive line was already kind of shaky at best last week. And they happened to lose a couple more offensive linemen. Um, so if we're seeing another matchup to where we're going to have a weaker front with a rookie quarterback against a defensive line that's looking quite strong with Cameron Jordan, I, I think New Orleans can really bully this game and, and really force some turnovers um, at a pretty low ownership expectation. I think a lot of people are going to be all over um, the Minnesota Vikings, um, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, even the Seattle Seahawks. I, I think they might be might be there. So I, I really like the New Orleans defense as well, um, and the Chicago defense. I, I was that was going to be one of those I mentioned as well. I, I really love that play. Um, you know, Camp Newton has he has you know his moments to where he likes to throw 
um, a, a turnover or two. And Chicago has really played so, so much better at home, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And when you get such a such a discount on them, um, it, it's really just a, a fantastic play. And then one more I figured I'd throw out there. Um, no, actually, no, I, I, I got them all. I apologize. It, I, got, it was, I got one more here. Okay, I like the Pittsburgh ahead. Steelers, uh, and I'm totally with you on the Saints. I picked them up everywhere I could in uh, my high-stakes leagues. But uh, I kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. They've got a ton of sacks this year, and Andy Dalton is a guy who's been sacked a lot this year. So I think there's plenty of sack potential. The Steelers are home, so they should be favored. We know all all about Ben's home road splits there. Uh, so, you know, I definitely think Pittsburgh Steelers' defense has the potential to put up a good game against Cincinnati. Uh, again, I definitely like them more at home than I would on the on the road against Cincinnati. But just in general, I think there's plenty of sack opportunity against Andy Dalton. He's he's had a, a number of sacks this year, and when they lost Whitworth, I think that definitely hurt some. So I think the Steelers have tons of sack upside, and they're favored. And I don't think they're going to be like super heavily owned. Uh, so I, I like Pittsburgh Steelers defense as well. And they're kind of, they were my contingency uh, pickup for the New Orleans Saints in my high stakes leagues. Love that. Love that. All right, let's move on to the next segment, Nick, the stacks and correlations play. So are there really any, you know, matchup in particular word to where you're looking to stack uh, both sides? Or are you looking to stack one single team, maybe some running back and defensive stacks, what are some stacks that you're really looking forward to utilizing GPPs this week? Yeah, I think one GPP I would play I would like to make is uh, playing Alvin Kamara uh, either you know, kind of in, in the situation where there's a blowout and he gets some junk time rushes or in the situation where the game ends up being close. So I actually don't mind playing Alvin Kamara both with uh, the Saints defense and I also don't mind playing him uh, in a situation maybe where you play like Brett Hundley as well and throw in a couple of uh, one or two Green Bay wide receivers. I like Randall Cobb's matchup in the slot there versus Kenny Vaccaro. So uh, I definitely think we, you know, we haven't mentioned Alvin Kamara yet, but I, I like him as a GPP play. Uh, I like him in, in a couple of different situations there. Um, I also kind of like Carlos Hyde as a, as a play. If somehow San Francisco has a lead, then I think you also need to consider maybe Dak Prescott and like Des Bryant. So there's another situation there where you're looking at running backs who uh, I think San Francisco could at least keep this game close, can move the ball. We did talk about Carlos Hyde also has uh, equity in the pass game this week. So um, I like Carlos Hyde and stacking him against Dallas, whether it's Dallas's pass game or you could use, you know, Ezekiel Elliott in the run game and, and think that if Dallas is playing ahead. But I think Carlos Hyde and Alvin Kamara are kind of both stackable in their games, almost independent of game script. I wouldn't say independent, but at least in the case of Carlos Hyde, I think it's as long as it's close or they're ahead, um, maybe by a touchdown or two, they'll keep them in whereas if they get blown out on either side, they'll probably end up putting in Breda at some point. But with Kamara, I think whether Green- New Orleans is ahead by a lot or you know maybe closely behind, which I think are, are the most likely range of outcomes for Kamara, you can play him in almost any of those game scripts. So uh, especially in the blowout and especially when they're you know either closer behind. So uh, I, I think Kamara and Carlos Hyde are, are some interesting stackable running backs. Uh, I know 
Both aren't going to be extremely chalky given the fact that, you know, we think Ingram and a lot of those expensive wide receivers would be chalky. Um, and then you mentioned uh, in GPPs both Antonio Brown and A.J. Green. I think if this game does end up shooting out, which I know a lot of times Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, they played each other so much. These coaches are so used to each other. It ends up being relatively low scoring. Uh, but I do think there's some shootout potential uh, and in both of these expensive wide receivers, you could play, you know, run one back with the other. Uh, I just don't love like necessarily stacking this game. Um, I guess it, I guess it has some shootout potential, but I think stacking with like the quarterbacks and it's just too hard to figure out which quarterback, you know, do you want to stack Ben at home uh, with Le'Veon and Antonio Brown? I'm mean, obviously Le'Veon and Antonio Brown both went off last week, but uh, you know, I think those are, are pretty tough. To, to kind of stack together, but I don't mind like just the solo wide receivers there against each other, Antonio Brown and AJ Green, if this does somehow shoot up. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, another kind of throw out there, um, Jay Ajayi in the Miami Dolphins defense. You know, we haven't been thinking of this Dolphins defense as really a, a unit that we want to utilize in fantasy, but coming off of last week and that big win against the Atlanta Falcons, they really showed. Uh, just how tough they could be, especially in the second half against a you know a quite good offense at least on paper. And now this week they they get a Jets team that I think it's fair to say they have been outperforming their expectations. Um, and really coming off a disappointing week to where they kind of you know they got ahead and they you know slipped behind and end up losing the game against the Patriots. I think this could be a spot to where the Dolphins just really dominate the game both on the ground and defensively and really take advantage of kind of just the lack of talent on the New York Jets offensive side of the ball. So I, I think that's a, a fine play. Um, along with that, the LaShawn McCoy, uh, Buffalo Bills D, um, whether, you know, Winston plays, whether Fitzpatrick plays, we know that both are turnover prone, especially if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays. That's even a, a better look as this Bills defense has been quite strong and Ryan Fitzpatrick is, he, he is, uh, familiar with with the turnover as we've seen in in times past so I really like that one um and really the the I think the one pass game stack I, I really want to look into I, I'm not sure if it's going to be that popular or not just yet I'll have to dig more into that as the week goes on but uh the Rams passing stack with Robert Woods Cooper Cup and maybe even Todd Gurley mixed in there I understand that Todd Gurley um, has a tough matchup on the ground, but he has been seeing a lot of targets this season. Um, not as much in the last two weeks, which has me a little bit concerned, but I think it's fine to where if you can pay up to be, you know, to get one of those elite running backs in a week to where I don't think a lot of people are going to be looking at him, that could be a, a fine play if he does go off and kind of one of those perfect pay up to be contrarian spots. There you go. Good stuff. I definitely like the Rams passing stack, and you can also run it back with. Fitz or John Brown or, or, yeah. or somebody like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's move on to our last segment of the show, Nick. But before we do, we have a, a message from our friends over at MyBookie. Y- you guys, if you're watching the games, you know what's going on. It's time to start making some money already. MyBookie is the industry-leading website that hooks you up with all your betting needs. And with their great odds fast payouts, and decades of expertise, you can bet with confidence. Sometimes your team doesn't even have to win. They just need to cover the spread. What are you waiting for? Lay some cash down and win big today. Or maybe if your team sucks, you know, Cleveland fans, I'm sorry, do yourself a favor. 
Bet against them. If they lose, you'll make money, and if they win, you're still happy. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, everybody. That's why I'm urging you to make your way over to my bookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Just check them out yourself. If you've been sitting on the sidelines all season and you haven't manned up just yet, it now is the perfect time because my bookie is offering their 100% bonus for the last time this year. That's right. After Sunday, you can kiss a goodbye. So get it before it's too late, guys. They have in-game live betting, a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever. You can check out their online casino if you'd like just to play a few hands of blackjack or two. Uh, you know, just join now. My bookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus for the last time this year, guys. Get in before it's over. Just use promo code Roto NFL to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, the final segment of the show, Nick. The theory, the bets, and the Vegas line segment. So, looking at some of these lines this week on my bookie, what you know, what lines do you think are wrong? Do you, do you have any bets that you're looking to make this week? Anything that really kind of pops out to you? Yeah, well, I I do like to give my strong takes on bets. Uh, I have had a very good couple of years betting, um, you know, since I've moved to Las Vegas. I've been here two NFL seasons now. But uh, it's funny. This is a week that I've had not so much of a strong take. Uh, Obviously, last week with the Dolphins, I had a very strong take and that ended up very well. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of these lines are situations where I could see either wide range outcomes, um, maybe not just a huge amount of of uh, value, I guess, or, or, or mismatch lines or situations that I want to take advantage of. Even looking at totals, you know, I think there's a, I think there's a chance that maybe the Indy Jacksonville game goes over at 43 and a half, uh, especially if something like you mentioned with Marlon Mack uh, maybe gets an explosive play or two, and then Jacksonville needs to play catch up, and you can throw on Indy. So I think there's some potential here for an over, but I don't I don't love really a whole bunch of these lines this weekend, at least on the main slate. So I'm curious, Heath, what do you have? So I got I got one bet in particular that just kind of it really intrigues me as to I really think the you know Vegas line might be off on this one, and it might shock some people. It's the San Francisco 49ers plus six at home against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys in a neutral field being favored by nine points. That's just absolutely ridiculous. This is a team that they, they've lost their last two. I believe they're two and three on the season. I, I know everyone still thinks that, you know, they're just, they're just, you know, one of the favorites to win the NFC. It's not the same team, guys. Their offensive line has just been manhandled. Their secondary has lost. They were already fairly poor on the talent side last year, and they lost even more. They've given up 21 or more fantasy points two opposing QBs in three of the last four games. Two of those games were Trevor Simeon and, you know, at that time at least, failing Carson Palmer. Um, They have a new, you know, San Francisco has a new guy to really kind of energize his offense in C.J. Beathard. He looked quite well, or he played quite well against the Washington Redskins, put up 245 yards and a touchdown in only three quarters of play. Um, you know, teams coming off a bye. I, I, I can't remember where I exactly heard this, but it was uh, from Warren Sharp. Um, teams coming off a bye, contrary, contrary to popular belief, actually underperform relative to expectations. Um, and, and really just, I understand that, you know, San Francisco's 0 6, you're going to have the public perceiving this as a spot to where it's, you know, it's a classic team, a really popular team, and the Cowboys to where they're going to get a lot of the fans just kind of betting on them. But, you know, they might be 0 6, but, 
you know, San Francisco's lost their last five games by 13 or fewer points. Just a lot of heartbreakers. I think three or less in every single matchup. It's This is a, just a spot to where I think San Francisco can really, um, not not easily, but I think they're, you know, real competition to maybe even win this game. So when you get plus six on them, I, I love that. I, I just love that line. There you go. Um, actually, I do have one off the main slate, and that is the Sunday night game, I believe it is, between Atlanta and New England. Take the under. 56 points. Ooh. No thank you. 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 Especially not the way Atlanta has moved the ball through the air. We, we talked about this last week with Miami. Miami, kind of a funnel defense, but their strength was on the ground, which has been Atlanta's strength this year. Uh, New England... You know, versus the pass has been pretty terrible, but the, you know Matt Ryan hasn't been super great in the past game this year. You know, if you look at his his game logs, it's been actually not very good. Uh, the most points he's put up in terms of fantasy has been 21 points. Uh, I think there's, you know, I I know New England is a very good matchup through the air, but New England is at home. It's not like they're in Atlanta here, and of course they were in Atlanta last week against Miami, and that game only hit 37 points. Uh, then, uh, you know, you look at the ground. So if you look at Atlanta, maybe just like, for example, you take the buy low machine here at Rotoviz, the New England Patriots are kind of just a neutral matchup on the ground. So yeah, I think they could, Atlanta could move the ball on the ground, but again, they're on the road. They're going to be an underdog. So, uh, I think this is a game where, uh, you know, Tom Brady, quarterback, um, Atlanta has actually been decent in the past game this year against the quarterback. So I think this is just a situation where, you know, teams strengths are matching up against, at least relatively speaking, the opposing team's weaknesses. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, the, I think this is just, a, sorry, the team's weaknesses are ma- ma- matching up against the defensive strengths. So I think this is a situation where you're going to get in the under probably pretty comfortably. The, the, it actually opened at 54. It's up at 56 right now, uh, as the Vegas consensus. If you look at different, uh, you know, books, there's, there's different odds. You get anywhere, I'm saying anywhere from 55 to 56, but I think the consensus right now is 56. So I definitely want the under on that. And I probably want the under at 55 and probably even at 54, I want the under. Um, and you know, there's a chance, I guess, that this game could get that up even higher as the weekend approaches. But, uh, at 56, I love that under. Yeah. Yes. That's an interesting one. One I didn't consider. Um, just, just for reference, I think, yeah, my bookie has it at 56 as well for the, for the game total. So yeah, but that, that's a super interesting one. I'll have to. I'm, I'm locking that in right now. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm locking that in. All right. We're putting the money down. We're putting the money down on the table, boys. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So that's going to do it, everybody, for this edition of On the Daily. Please remember to rate and review the Rotovis radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to get that 30% discount for subscribing to Rotovis through the Rotovis radio channel, rotovis.com slash podcast. Yeah, and that's it till next week. So for Nick Geffen, who you can find on Twitter at Rotodoc, I'm Heath Kruger at HeathK on Twitter, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.